Last week, Alabama had a first-in-the-nation moment, but not in a way that many people wanted to celebrate. There is condemnation tonight, both in the U.S. and around the world, after the state of Alabama executed a man using nitrogen gas. Alabama became one of the first places in the world to attempt an execution using nitrogen gas. The nitrogen gas was administered. His body began to shake for about two minutes, followed by heavy breathing for about five to seven minutes. Some called this execution a straight-up experiment. The United Nations warned it might violate human rights treaties that the U.S. had signed on to. No longer untested, Alabama says the nitrogen method could be used on 43 other death row inmates. The prisoner who was killed was named Kenneth Smith. Everyone who knew him just called him Kenny. And even though all this happened a few days back, it felt worthwhile to linger on, even now. So I called up someone who was there, someone who could tell me what exactly went down in the execution chamber. By the time that Kenny Smith was put to death, how long had you been at the Holman Correctional Facility that day? <sighs> A long time, very long time. The Reverend Dr. Jeff Hood is an anti-death penalty advocate. He's also a spiritual advisor for death row inmates. So we started at uh, 8, and so 4, 10, 11, close to 12 hours. Kenny Smith's execution was the fifth Jeff has been to in just a little over a year. Jeff sits with inmates the whole day, ministering them, but also just talking. And he stays beside them, even in the death chamber itself. Yeah, it's a, it's a very strange, uh, strange moment. And I'll also say this, that, you know, when you get down to those last five minutes, um, there is nothing more horrible than sitting there and, you know, people's, you know, every precious second with someone they love is just ticking away and there's no way to, to catch it. There's, it's just you know, flowing through their fingers, throwing through their lives. And, um, you know, the tears and the just wails, it's, it's horrible. It's absolutely horrible. In the days since Kenny Smith was killed, there's been an active public debate about whether his execution went well or went poorly. It definitely took a while. Smith visibly struggled as nitrogen gas got pumped into him. It was a half hour before he was declared dead. Whether this execution is understood to have been humane or even just acceptable has real consequences. Other states are considering executing inmates with nitrogen gas, and dozens of death row prisoners in Alabama have now requested this execution method. The attorney general said this was a textbook execution. What did you make of that? Uh, he's a liar. <laughs> I mean, he's either a liar or a lunatic. The horrible thing about these comments and, you know, these statements and whatnot is that the people who are, you know, and of course this is always the case, but the people who are in power uh, and making these comments are not the people who actually had to carry out the execution. Today on the show... What happened 
inside Alabama's execution chamber. I'm Mary Harris. You're listening to What Next. Stick around. This episode is brought to you by Discover. When it comes to your finances, Discover wants you to know they are the credit card that is always there for you. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. We are talking real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. The Reverend Dr. Jeff Hood started out as a death penalty protester, one of those people outside of prison, asking the state to shut their death chambers down. It did not take him long to figure out that was not working. Having gone to the seminary, he quickly realized he could play a different role, the role of spiritual advisor to the accused. Now he's got a calendar full of meetings with death row inmates. He's got executions he's attending. One of the things he's really clear about, though, is that the people he's ministering to, they've done bad things, often really bad things. You start off really naive um, in sort of this everybody's innocent kind of way. One of the early guys that I interacted with was a serial killer of children. So I was sitting there with him. And we were talking about everything, and I asked him if there was anything that I could do for him. And he said, could you send me a picture of your children? Oh. And (laughs) it was a moment where it was like, you know, a slap in the face of this is the reality of this work. That sometimes it's going to be loving and wonderful. Other times it's going to be hard and disturbing. And I think over the years what I've realized is... (laughs) The more difficult the situation, the more human it feels. How'd you meet Kenneth Smith? Like, what was your first meeting with him like? The first thing he asked me when we met was, are you prepared to die to be my spiritual advisor? Kenny Smith asked Jeff this question because Kenny knew his execution would be something totally different. He'd be wearing a gas mask that would get pumped full of nitrogen, cutting off his oxygen supply. But if that gas mask leaked, it could put Jeff in danger. The state of Alabama made him sign a waiver about it. It just outlined the dangers of nitrogen hypoxia and, you know, made you uh, consent to being a part of a very dangerous experiment. He asked that question and we got to know each other a little bit before there was like a, you know, I guess definite committed to each other. It's a strange phenomenon. It's like dating. And when you get to know these guys on <laughs> on death row and you it's almost like then you're going steady and then you commit to each other and then you kind of go all the way in terms of <laughs> going to the execution chamber and whatnot. I think it's important that we tell Kenny Smith's story a little bit. Like he was convicted of being involved in a murder for hire plot. He helped actually kill a pastor's wife, a woman named Elizabeth Sennett. And originally, he was sentenced to death, but then he got another trial. And actually, those jurors wanted to send him to prison for life, right? Right. Yeah, it's it's important to point out that this is a man 
who took a thousand dollars to kill someone, a completely innocent uh, person. Uh, it was a it was a horrible crime, and I always feel the need to state that because I think sometimes that gets lost in the the hoopla of it all. Um, but I also think that um, you know the way that this case was handled in Alabama uh, speaks to a lot of the the just the injustices in Alabama. I mean, you know, in his second trial. Um, you know, the jurors very clearly stated that they did not want to give him the death penalty. The judge overrode that decision and gave him the death penalty, which uh, is known as judicial override. And it's no longer permitted in Alabama or any other state. Right, right, right. It was outlawed a couple of years ago. The best way of saying it is, if this trial happened today, if Kenny's trial happened today, he would have never gotten the death penalty. Hmm. And then he was scheduled for execution by lethal injection in 2022, and the lethal injection failed. So it just it just adds these layers of complication to his story. Right. I mean, he compared that uh, botched execution to being under a sewing machine. Oh, because they were looking for a vein with a needle. Yeah, they were looking for a vein and just consistently being poked and cut and... Kenny's story represents sort of all of the things that are wrong with not just the death penalty, but the criminal justice system in Alabama. I mean, it's a, it's, you know, everybody called this execution an experiment, but in a lot of ways, the criminal justice system down there itself is an experiment. And I think it's, you know, no mistake that Kenny embarrassed the state by surviving and, he was the first person executed by nitrogen epoxia. I think that they were going to figure out a way to kill him no matter what. Why do you say that? I, th- they were not going to allow this to fail. You know, I think you see that in these moments where uh, people are willing to go to great lengths to do something that is morally reprehensible to prove that they have the power to do something that's morally reprehensible. Did you read up on the nitrogen hypoxia execution method to better understand it before you worked with Kenny Smith? Like, wh- what did you want to know? What did you learn? I didn't learn about nitrogen hypoxia till after I agreed to. It was another one of those things where I didn't want that to f- influence whether or not I worked with him. I'm dedicated to these guys. And after that, though, I became quickly acquainted with everything. Yeah, a lot of experts compare this this kind of death, which the way it worked, my understanding is that a mask was put over Kenny Smith's face, and people compare it to putting a plastic bag over someone's head, like just cutting off your access to oxygen. Yeah, it was just absolutely um, horrific. And, you know, so I knew that it was going to be much more visceral than lethal injection. I mean, a, a lethal injection looks relatively peaceful because of the paralytic. Um, you know, there's all sorts of interpretations about what actually happens after the paralytic. With this, it looks like someone, like you said, has a bag over their head and they're uh, suffocating to death. But I think it's even a, a better comparison is it looks like someone puts your their hands around your neck and chokes you out with their bare hands because that's what the resistance looked like. Hmm. You know, I, I've kept on saying that it looked like a, a fish out of water, you know, just on a dock, suffocating to death. But now I'm beginning to think it 
it's much more violent, even more violent than that. It feels like it's someone putting their hands around someone's neck and choking them out. Um, I mean, that's how he moved, as if someone was you know, physically killing him with their bare hands. My understanding is that he gave the sign language symbol for I love you right before he was executed. He did. And I, I very much appreciated that about him. And I very much appreciated that in those moments, it was as if he was ministering to me as much as I was ministering to him. Um, when the execution actually commenced, um, Kenny actually had a smile on his face. I was very surprised by that because I've you know worked with so many people who were terrified uh, at death. State officials had said ahead of time that the nitrogen gas would make Kenny Smith unconscious within seconds, right? Yes, they lied. <laughs> I mean, they lied. I mean, there's no, there's no other way to describe it. They lied. I mean, it was 22 minutes of hell. And, you know, it was the most violent thing I've ever seen. I mean, I was a trauma chaplain at a hospital for a, um, a year or so back in Fort Worth and motorcycle crashes, gunshot victims. And then this was definitely the most violent thing I've ever seen. And this is the crazy, th- this is another crazy thing about Alabama. And I've also seen executions in Oklahoma and Texas. And every other state that I have been in, there is a doctor that comes out and pronounces a time of death. In Alabama, that doesn't happen. So when the curtains close and I'm let out of the room, there's no way to tell if that person is actually dead. I mean, because there is no pronouncement of death. There's no checking of vital signs. All we know is that the state is claiming that they got a flat line on the EKG in the control center behind Kenny, but there's nobody that comes out and actually checks. The lack of transparency that the state of Alabama continues to show throughout all of these processes, you know, extends into the very end. I mean, extends to actually when the person dies and if they are really dead. I'm curious about you in the death chamber itself, because you're an anti-death penalty advocate and you're watching a man get executed. Were you torn at all about your role? Always. <laughs> Always. I mean, you know, I I find myself in those moments just absolutely morally tortured. And I walk out of there every time feeling like I was co-opted, feeling like it was, you know, I was there to keep the peace while um, you know, I, I was there to like spiritually hold this person down while the state killed them. Mm. And it's something I, I keeps me awake at night. But on the other hand, I also know that, um, you know, all of my guys in some form or another, let me know sometimes very bluntly, let me know that, um, they're just so thankful that they don't have to experience those moments alone. That's the best I can do, but you know, you just can't, you can't be a part of that and walk out clean. I used to have this sort of self-righteousness when I first went in and, and said, the hardest thing about it is, is that when this person 
is executed, I look around and see, you know, I, like I'm surrounded by murderers. You know, as if I'm the only one righteous in the room. I don't feel like that anymore. I feel the greatest evil of the death penalty is that it makes us all murderers. We'll be back after a quick break. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Last Thursday... After the execution was over, and after he'd given his last press conference, Reverend Jeff Hood told me he needed something to eat, and one of the few places open was a Waffle House. He walked in, and he realized the other people in there were the adult children of the woman Kenny Smith had killed. They'd been there to watch the execution, too. Reverend Hood thought about turning right around— but he didn't. He says he hugged them instead. To him, this story, it underscores the way everyone involved in an execution is thrashed together, no matter what side they're on. As a spiritual advisor, Jeff says he wants to be open to all of them. The guards, the wardens, the inmates, the survivors, everyone. I mean, ultimately, I feel like uh, the message of Jesus is clearly one of love. I mean, you can, I mean, the adulterous woman in the gospel of John, you who are without sin cast the first stone. I read that story every time I'm in the execution chamber to the person being executed, because I want everyone in that room to know that they don't have to do this. They can walk away. Hmm. You who are without sin cast the first stone. I didn't think about you reading stuff for the other people in the execution chamber. Of course. I'm a preacher. Um, <laughs> can't help yourself. I, I'm always preaching to everybody. You know, it's funny. Growing up Southern Baptist, they used to always say that you preach, you always preach for a conversion. I always preach with the idea that there are people who need um, to hear that they don't have to commit this, this evil. The death penalty is not about the person being executed. It's about us. You know, we can call that person, you know, unrighteous all we want to. It's not a question about the righteousness of the person being executed. It's a question of whether or not we think we are righteous enough to kill someone. I keep thinking about the fact that earlier this month, the United Nations Human Rights Office urged Alabama to stop Kenny Smith's execution. 
They said it could amount to torture. It could be in violation of human rights treaties that the U.S. has agreed to. I wonder now that the execution has happened anyway, like, what happens with that? Like, are, are you, do you go testify in front of the U.N.? Like, is that a move here? I don't know. I mean, I think that there's all sorts of uh, things that perhaps will happen in the coming weeks. But I, I did want to speak to the fact that um, nobody in Alabama cares what the United Nations says. These, you know, states are states that, you know, their congressmen and women want to defund the United Nations. Um, and while I appreciate the, the efforts of you know, a lot of these organizations, I do often think to myself, is this helping or hurting where we are? Um, and I'm not all that convinced that the United Nations coming out and saying these things um, in any way helped Kenny Smith. Um, it, it, I think it only makes the state more virulent to do it. You know, 43 prisoners in Alabama have said they plan to be executed using nitrogen hypoxia. Do you think you're going to be attending more executions like the one you just did? I hope not. Yeah, I really certainly hope not. Um, but humanity is always finding ways to destroy each other. Um, and it seems like when we think we're finding humane ways to destroy each other, it seems like these things that we call humane are somehow worse than what came before. I mean, I'm concerned that we're not too far from let's burn people to death because that's more humane. Will I experience this horror again? I have no doubt. Do you have like a next execution on your calendar? The next execution I'm scheduled to um, be engaged with is the execution of Michael Smith in Oklahoma in April. It's a very complicated case. Um, but, um, you know, he's someone who, you know, I'm already very close to. And you'll be in the chamber? And I'll be in the chamber. It'll be a lethal injection. Oof. That's six executions in like a couple years. Yeah, it's horrible. I mean, it's absolutely horrible. And I didn't, um, I didn't expect this. Yeah, I didn't expect this. I, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult when, you know, success in what you do means seeing more people die. You know, you mentioned you have five kids. Right. How do you go home and explain where you've been when you've been to an execution like this one? Do you just tell them? They know, yeah. I'm very honest with them about everything that's going on. And um, one of the things that my daughter has repeatedly said is if people want vengeance then they should have to do it themselves mm. when people you know talk about vengeance and talk about how this was successful then they should have to put their arm you know their hands around his neck and kill them themselves but the tragedy of this and i think what my daughter certainly realizes at eight years old is that you know, this takes place in hiding. It takes place in the name of the people of Alabama, but, you know, I would venture to say 85, 90% of the folks in Alabama have no idea that someone was executed last week. 
even to the point where at the gas station, uh, literally a mile down the road from the prison, the woman there asked me, she said, what are you in town for? And I was leaving and I said, well, there was somebody executed here up the road. And she said, I didn't realize that Alabama still had the death penalty. Wow. And, you know, it just speaks of our uh, sort of moral ability to compartmentalize our lives and not pay attention to anything going on around us. And I think for my kids, it's important for me to help them understand that life is complicated, life is nuanced, but you can choose love. You can choose to be something other than constantly trying to destroy other people. Reverend Hood, I'm really grateful for your time. Thanks for coming on the show. Well, thank you. The Reverend Dr. Jeff Hood is a pastor, theologian, and activist living and working in Little Rock, Arkansas. He's the convener of Clergy United Against the Death Penalty. And that's the show. If you're a fan of what we're doing here at What Next, the best way to support our work is to join Slate Plus. Go on over to slate.com slash whatnextplus to find out how. What Next is produced by Paige Osborne, Elena Schwartz, Rob Gunther, Anna Phillips, and Madeline Ducharme. We are led by Alicia Montgomery with a little boost from Susan Matthews. Ben Richmond is the Senior Director of Podcast Operations here at Slate. And I'm Mary Harris. Thanks for listening. I'll catch you back here next time. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.